Hi, this is Bruce Rawls, and, and uh, I'm the guest of Jackie Laura Jones, who I think right now is trying to get her audio squared away. Hopefully, it'll just be momentary. Uh, in the meantime, I thought I would read the intro that she put together for our conversation today. And uh, this is, how should the teacher of God spend his day or her day? To the advanced teacher of God, this question is meaningless. And so this is uh, section 16 in the manual for A Course, a Course in Miracles. And... Um, uh, Jackie comments, in today's powerful episode, learn how to more readily hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and minimize the ego's raucous shrieks. Join Jackie and Bruce as they share helpful reminders of how to peacefully navigate this dream. You have power over your inner experience. Let's wake up. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. I was thinking about this this lesson a bit and uh, um, uh, contemplating the uh, conversation and uh, realizing that uh, this lesson also ties in very nicely with uh, uh, another section in the in the text called the two uses of time. Um, so I thought maybe I could read a little of that. Um, let me find that real quickly here. Uh, but also I could also just read from the um, that section in the manual for teachers. Um, and let me find that too. So pardon pardon the the. <laughs> Here it is. Okay. Uh, so this is how should the teacher of God spend his day? And uh, the first paragraph begins, to the advanced teacher of God, which is really anybody who wants to be at peace uh, and is diligently applying forgiveness, this question is meaningless. There is no program for the lessons change each day. Yet the teacher of God is sure of but one thing. They do not change at random. Seeing this and understanding that it is true, he rests content. He will be told all that his role should be this day and every day. And those who share that role with him will find him so they can learn the lessons for the day together. And uh, Jackie just texted me, says, thanks, keep going. <laughs> so I will. I guess he's still working on getting the audio sorted out. So I will continue. Um, so the seventh sentence in the first paragraph continues. Not one is absent whom he needs. Not one is sent without a learning goal already set and one which can be learned that very day. For the advanced teacher of God, then this question is superfluous. It has been asked and answered, and he keeps in constant contact with the answer. And the answer, of course, is choosing the teacher, our inner teacher of kindness, right? Uh, our uh, AKA Holy Spirit of A Course in Miracles, or Jesus, of course. And uh, it could really be any symbol or any, any uh, thought or idea that represents the peace that we never left, that we really, we took that thought system with, it, with us into the dream of, of the belief in separation. And that's our, that's our get out of jail free card. Uh, so once we recognize that we have that uh, constant counsel uh, of sanity in our minds, 24, seven, 365, we can just realize that our, our classroom really is all about forgiveness. So, so another way of answering the question with a single word is, um, how should the teacher of God spend his day? Well, forgiving, <laughs> For, forgiving audio issues, forgiving logistical snafus, forgiving whatever seems to be challenging at any given moment is, is always the, the appropriate response, isn't it? So, so um, I'll continue reading this paragraph. For the advanced teacher of God, which is, again, everyone, uh, because we're all wanting to return home, uh, and at some point we'll all be dedicated and, and um, you know, committed enough to wanting the peace over the ego's raucous shrieks and, and insane 
cravings for, uh, for crazy dream stuff, that we will then be able to um, uh, return home uh, by using forgiveness. And to finish off this paragraph, it has been asked and answered, and he keeps in constant contact with the answer. That answer, of course, is that inner guidance. He has set and sees the road on which he walks stretched surely and smoothly before him. So so are you there, Jackie? Thank you so much, and that was beautifully said. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, I and just I just figured if, if 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 I'm logged in and it looks like everything's fine on my end, maybe maybe it was something that you had to to sort out on that end. So I just thought I'll just dive right in and <laughs> I'm so glad to see you're such a pro. And, well, uh, I, I figured this is what we're going to talk about anyway. So why not just dive right in? So so exactly. I, I, so anyway, th- thank you as always for having me on your show. And uh, I, I thought you picked a great, great topic because it really, um, I think, is a you know one that is very practical and, and uh, it always boils down to some, some form of forgiveness, doesn't it? It sure does. I think example of what happened just now, too, and I'll share with the folks. Now, when I got up in the morning, I'll try to kind of make this quick and we'll read some more from the how the teacher of God should spend his day. But I woke up this morning with an intuition, Bruce, um, about blog talk radio because I've been having just several issues with it. And we have a lot of regular listeners to this broadcast. I've been doing it, I don't know if it's over three years now or something. And Uh they'll say, oh, something's a little scratchy. Oh, the microphone is this or the microphone is that. Well, I realized that it was the Blog Talk Radio platform because I had interviewed a couple of people and it was the same situation. And so uh-huh. I realized that the, the platform was a thing. To make a long story short, as I was getting up this morning, like how should the teacher of God spend his day, I gave everything over to the Holy Spirit, which means I'm going to use everything for forgiveness, you know, that comes up during the day. Yep. So I was sitting here at about 3.15, and in my mind, I thought, you know what? Something is going to go on with this show. You know, I'm like, I think something's going to happen, and I'm like, I'm just going to have to go with the flow. And so I called Mark in, and I did, we did everything we thought that we needed to do, and then lo and behold, I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. And I just started laughing. I turned to Mark, <laughs> and the ego, the ego ensnared me for a minute. I turned to Mark. I said, this is it. This is it. For this, <laughs> for this platform, why don't I listen to my intuition? And then right then, then and there to share with the folks, because I started my day off, as I do, you, you just know that everything that comes up during the day can be used for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It, it switched, and I said, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just got upset about a non-existent show in a non-existent world, and I've given it such a reality that it triggered me." So I just wanted to let people know that this is kind of the, the practice is is everything and anything, you know, um, and it can be something like this. And here I was like oh, Bruce is probably just going to be talking because he knows we're on. And you were just like a pro, and it ends up being a great just forgiveness opportunity for me to share how it's almost impossible to 
stay in the ego thought system. It gets easier and easier to switch over. And it happens so quickly in the mind that I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I going to give my, my peace away to this? No. It should be used for the Holy Spirit's purpose. Okay. Exactly. So that's, that's my story. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, it, it really is, you know, a great example of, you know, no matter what seems to be happening in our space-time world, that is exactly the classroom that we're to find peace more more deeply and more, more quickly. Uh, and, and we do that through forgiving our own projections of stuff that, you know, really is just echoes of an idea that somehow we shattered perfect oneness, you know, whatever we want to, however we want to describe that. And we feel at some unconscious level, mostly just horrible about that, but we haven't, we haven't reconciled that yet. So completely. So we, we need to, to look at all the little, you know, echoes and repercussions of, of that one crazy mad idea, the tiny mad ideas, of course, puts it and, and just, as each little fragment of that nightmarish idea comes up for uh, reconciliation and, and uh, you know, reass- reassignment therapy <laughs> in our mind, <laughs> we just have to kind of say, okay, here's a thought that, that looks uh, on the surface to be pretty awful. Um, but if I just can be with it for a moment and ask that inner kindness teacher, okay, what, 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 what are we supposed to do with this? And then the answer inevitably comes back. Well, some, you know, forgiveness. It, it may may take you know a lot of forms, but that's the you know distillation of really what what needs to happen to anything that upsets us. Huh? Yes, well said. And I think I heard you reading this last um, part here, where you said, "For the advanced teacher of God, then this question is superfluous. Mm-hmm. It has been asked and it has been asked and an- answered, and he keeps in constant contact with the answer, Bruce." Mm-hmm. This is something I was going to hit on today. And everyone, to all of our friends and listeners out there, keep in constant contact with the answer. The more I found that we're practicing this thought system, you are in that constant contact. It comes quicker. You stay in the trigger less and less and less because the answer is always there. And your mind has been strengthened so much that it does feel like a, some, a better way to say it, like a, just a quick flip of the switch. And that's kind of what happened. So you remember the atonement, you guys, is, is the correction in this false belief that we've sinned and made up this world in the first place. That's the answer that the Holy Spirit holds for us. So that's always in your mind. You don't have to go looking for it. It's not way out in the distance somewhere, but it's in this remembering, you guys, that's so powerful. And it does take practice to get to that state where you're always in miracle readiness. And the miracle is you're the dreamer of this dream. Nothing, nothing has happened, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. Love M- move along, not the droids you're looking for, <laughs> as, as Ben oh, Kenobi would that. say, right? As Ben Kenobi would say, that's so you funny. know, but but that's that's it. You know, we we make such big deals out of stuff that when in retrospect, I think I think if we can kind of look at the things that were were huge issues in our in our life, oh, let's say maybe let's just pull a number out. It has five months ago. And now 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 let's say well maybe there's some other things that are a little bit more you know front and center as issues. You know, well 
you know, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but but right. the underlying cause in the mind of upset is still the same. You know, the form may change, you know, b before I've heard the expression uh, BC, it is now, is now, it's not uh, the 2000 year, um, you know, time marker for our, or the way we measure time in, in the world is now it's before COVID. <laughs> it's the new, the new BC. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, there may be different issues, you know, five or six months ago that would seem more, more important, but, and now there's other ones perhaps, but, but, Really, it's the same thing. The form may be tremendously different, and that's part of the setup in order to see things different and to keep us constantly looking outside for some kind of solution. Um, and I am reminded again of uh, one of our favorite teachers, uh, Dr. Kenneth Wapnick. His his uh, his yeah. favorite phrase was uh, that the egoic thought system, the, the part of us that thinks that there's a solution in the world and that's, you know, some combination of things that happen or don't happen to us. Um, you know, but that thought system that, that keeps promoting that idea is really just a maladaptive solution to a non-existent problem. And, you know, it, it's, right. it's maladaptive because it doesn't work. Uh, it never has worked. It's not working now. It never will work. Um, unlike the, the unchanged, unchanging and unchangeable truth of what we are, and it's a non-existent problem because the truth of what we are is um, completely innocent and everyone is included in that and without exception. And from that perspective, which we don't often, you know, hang out in very often sometimes, but, but I think we can learn to more and more. Um, we see that condemnation is, is an ang and therefore anger is never justified. And, and also because, there's there's nothing out there to condemn. It's all in our mind, and the step, the part of our mind that made up the, the belief in separation was just mistaken. It wasn't evil, sinful, right. or wicked. It was just just misguided and, and misinformed, and <laughs> and, yeah. and massively right. misinterprets everything. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And to quote Ken again, since you just did bringing Ken up, he says in the um, the commentary on this lesson. 16 in Emmanuel, how should the teacher of God spend his day? Magic can be defined as the ego's maladaptive solution to a non existent problem. The non existent problem is the belief that we have separated from God, with then the concomitant continuous thought, ominous thought of sin, guilt, and fear, a dreadful situation from which the ego says we must escape. So a result of the belief that we've separated um, is this sin, guilt, and fear. And the, this is a powerful lesson, Bruce, because it talks about um, using magic in the world, and we do need to use magic. Magic is anything that, that we, we create, we've made up in the mind to solve a problem in the world, aspirin to get rid of a headache, etc. cetera. Um, but when we start to climb up the ladder <laughs> back to the home we never left, we kind of use a combination of, of magic and forgiveness. And slowly as we climb up the ladder and the Holy Spirit is taking over our mind, as we start to undo this belief in separation, we are invested in the magic less and less. We, we use it here, but our salvation is not in, in it. And um, we just start to recognize where the true power is, that the world is in the mind, 
and that we just need to change our mind about the world. And this comes with practice. But I love that when Ken, uh, when Ken says it, that the non-existent problem is the belief that we've separated. The world isn't even the problem if we want to get to the heart of the metaphysics, right? It's our belief that there's a world that's the problem. <laughs> Bruce? Oh. Oh, here we go. I, I must have bumped my mute button. I, there we go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so it's the, it's the mistaken belief that we needed to make up a world in the first place, right? So. Right, I, I, right. I also like how you said it's our investment in that identity because I think that's really, you know, it seems like a subtle distinction. Um, but it's in our investment in that, that identity that, that uh, believes that magic is, is you know, crucial and and on the level of form you know it may be i mean if we stop breathing and which is which is of course would certainly put oxygen in in, in the category of magic because anything right. involving space and time is magical um That's then right. you know it, the course isn't suggesting you know stop breathing or stop eating food or drinking water or paying yeah, bills right. or do, doing any number of things that, that you know, are, are, you know, fairly practical on the level of form of the world. But it's the investment in those things as, as a mechanism for, for achieving some kind of peace. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't suggest that we stop doing this at all. So we'll, we'll undoubtedly be using magic, magic right up until the top of the ladder. Um, but right. some, some, I think I like how Ken also says, you know, farther up the ladder, at some point, you know, well, we'll still be using magic all the time, but we will have less and less investment in the outcome, and we'll be able to be more at peace no matter what's happening. Um, you know, yeah. we'll be a, kind well, of in the center that, of the cyclone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The center with everything swirling around. That's how I've, I've experienced um, the COVID thing only because I've been practicing this thought system for so long. Um, it doesn't seem like a bigger problem than anything else. Now, anyone tuning into this podcast <laughs> for the first time, um, this is a podcast about the thought system, of course, in miracles. So to hear a statement like I just said um, can often be taken out of context um, unless we remember the Course in Miracles is really only about the mind and how you're thinking. And whichever part of the mind you're in, the Holy Spirit or the ego, that dictates your inner experience of everything. Not the outer, but <laughs> the inner experience. So the COVID-19 thing for me um, is just in the same category as everything else, something that's happening in the dream. And I wanted to make an important point. I was talking with a client the other day, Bruce, and it's really interesting when you start to generalize because you recognize an illusion is an illusion is an illusion, even uh -huh. though on a level of form, obviously on the level of form, COVID-19 is, is different than a stubbed toe. We, we, we understand that. But mm -hmm. when you start to generalize in the mind, your inner experience can be peace no matter what because the right mind reminds you that you're dreaming. I wanted to read something from this uh, lesson, uh, paragraph um, 9, um, sentence 5. When all magic is recognized as merely nothing, the future of God has reached the most advanced state. And Ken's commentary, I think, will be really helpful to people what that means. He says, 
Okay, when all magic is recognized as merely nothing, the teacher of God has reached the most advanced state. We are truly advanced when we realize all this is a dream. Mm -hmm. Since dreams are not real, nothing here can ever affect us, and so we have no use for magic. Again, there is nothing wrong with taking a pill if you are sick, wanting a warm body next to you if you are lonely, or striving for money when you have none. Yet none of these or any forms of magic will bring you the peace of God. Therefore, they are nothing, meaning we're doing all this within a pre-programmed dream state. And once we get something we want, a warm body, then the next night we don't have that body or the next year we don't have that relationship or the next this or that. The point is it always shifts and changes. Someone gets a windfall, but then maybe they find themselves in money issues again a few months later. I mean, these examples can go on and on. So, you know, Jesus is always guiding us to put your investment where investment is warranted, which is in God and the peace of God, because it's very hard with words to, to explain that you, you literally will not be affected by the things that happen in your dream when you're truly in the right mind and you know you're dreaming. That's an inner experience. Doesn't mean what your eyes are reporting to you will change, right? You can Mm -hmm. have an inner experience and forgive COVID-19, but it's gone on for five months. But what has your inner experience been with it? That's so powerful, and that's what the course is about, you know? Exactly. And the inner experience is always... Uh, really, you know, distills back down to the single point, uh, metaphorically in the in the mind, which is what Ken Wapnick calls a decision maker. And it's really not referred to that in that jargon in the course very much, but uh, um, but it really is that place, that point of decision, where it's, I think of it as sort of like a fulcrum or a, or a, or a two-way switch. Uh, if you kind of yeah. picture those those right. Frankenstein monsters switch, you know the big the, the big knife switches in the lab where <laughs> right, go, right. Could, the current can go one way or the other, you know. But uh, I, I actually had one of these and built a Jacob's ladder in high school. It's, it fires up the big arc and the sparks you know, the spark rises along between the two wires and all that. That was like great fun. No, but, nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had my little mad scientist episode there. But uh, but um, you know it's it's really. <laughs> But the knife switch is really kind of like that's the you know we either are activating the monster of the ego, or we've shut the thing down and and uh, we're not running current through that dream, and what's left is the peace of God, and that's that's really I think that place in the in the in the mind where we twenty four seven three sixty five have that opportunity to choose for or against the insanity of thinking that uh, we're the victim of the world. Um, and, and the way we get at that, I think, is, is again, by every day, in every moment of every day, just, just noticing that we have the opportunity to um, get a different interpretation on things and uh, looking at our condemnations as an opportunity to see that, that they're not outside, they're really in the mind uh, and in my mind <laughs> specifically, and everyone that listening can say can say that right and and because right. because of that, um, you know, we let everyone else off the hook in that moment, and that that 's when the ego really gets panicky and starts squirming it 's like, okay, well, okay, if all my problems are, have nothing to do with the world or anything outside. Then, then what, what? So miserable, if we're not honest with ourselves, right. a good, good part of the time. And, and then, the, the obvious answer is, well, okay, it must be something I'm doing, 
or not doing. And and the ego says, yeah, and because you you messed up big time. And but don't look at any further in the mind. Let's keep keep it focused on the outside. But the Holy Spirit says, no, let's get let's look even deeper. Let's now that we've decided it's not about anything out there and not about anyone else. Let's let's consider what happened in eternity, and uh, and and look at the, the you know the bigger picture, uh, the all inclusive picture, uh, which sees that in truth nothing happened. That I mean, it, it takes you know a lot of practice to go through those little mini dark nights of the soul to realize that you know we've lived through all kinds of crazy uh, things, and we're still here, and uh, and you know the, the awareness that we are truly innocent has always been waiting there patiently for us, and once right. we get past the unconscious guilt by by making it conscious, we see eventually that it's unfounded. But we need we need to keep bringing all of those grievances and issues and upsets in our minds to that inner kindness teacher in order to, for that healing to occur in the mind. Uh, and it's usually a slow, um, gradual process. But but pretty soon, like you were talking about earlier, Jack, we learn to generalize, and the more we generalize, the more, more we realize, well, I could apply it to this too. I could apply yeah. what I what I learned a year ago to to you know COVID or or or, or social it, you know injustices or or anything that seems to be a current issue, we can realize well you know we're all in this together and we're all capable of choosing a teacher of peace. Huh? We sure are. Yeah, well said. And it is that choice, that choosing once again, um, as you mentioned, uh, the decision making part of our mind that chooses how to interpret what the body's eyes see, what the mind's images, what the mind has made as images in the body and everybody else's body, our body and everybody are part of those images. And the eyes were made to attest to the reality of the dream. Mm -hmm. So an important step is to recognize that, and this is where (laughs) one of the many, many places where the Course departs from (laughs) New Age, you know, uh, spirituality or, you know, whatever people want to call it, which that's very helpful. There's no judgment there. Just pointing out the differences between the course and the course parts ways because it's not talking about fixing up a non-existent world. If the world changes, and it often does without, as a result of forgiveness and changing your mind, that's great. It's not the focus of the course. And Um, Of course, the thing, if we always try to dress up the world, we can play around in that illusion all we want. But eventually, the whole thing, because it's based on an attack on God, Mm -hmm. right, and it's sin, guilt, and fear, and separation, that's what it will always be, even though we have duality, so we have these modicums of of peace. And what if peacetime is a thousand years? That can happen within the dream. It's just that you're still going to have your forgiveness opportunities <laughs> when you're <laughs> believing you're a body. Why not just get off the whole merry-go-round? Hey, I wanted to share something that my brother-in-law, Gary Renard, sent, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me by via email, you know. It's just Gary uh, is so funny, you know. And so he sent these two monkeys are talking, and one says, Imagine that you are out on the ocean having a nice cruise, but your ship starts to sink and you are surrounded by sharks. What do you do? And the other monkey says, stop imagining. 
That's good. That, That's it's great. Good we are image makers. And so it just speaks to the point, you know, God, imagine that you're out on the ocean and you're, and you're surrounded by sharks. Your ship starts to think, what do you do? Stop imagining. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're always. <laughs> That's great. Crazy. That's really good. Isn't that funny? Isn't That's that really good? good. Yeah. I mean, well, it's kind of like we, we don't ask the most basic. Yeah, yeah. We we don't challenge the most basic assumptions, you know, and and, and that right. the way it was set up reveals the answer right there. And if we just kind of yeah. look carefully at how we set it up, uh, you know, that's where the answer is, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's just, but, but it's we so tend to focus funny. on the upset instead of the setup, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. We focus on the upset instead of the setup. Oh my gosh, Bruce, I'm going to write that down and I'm going to credit you when I say it to my clients. Well, oh my God, that's I, it's great. Probably, it's probably not unique or original, but I, I, I don't know well, where I heard it. But, first, but, time but, I, I, first time I've heard it. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, it's, it's our inner Toto that we've, I think we've talked about before in, in the Wizard of Oz that's metaphor right. that, that's the all-encompassing all awareness that the, when we see, see in toto, uh, you know, we pull back the curtain and then we see, you know, it's not the upsetting images on the screen with the, the thundering, you know, voice and the, and the great and powerful right. Oz that, that frightens us. It's, it's really, it's with the setup is this, this little guy pulling lovers and tur- twirling knobs and, and, you know, <laughs> leaning over to speak into this, this 1920s microphone. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> And, so and it's like, and, and I got upset with that, <laughs> you know, but, oh but once, gosh. you know, and I think that's, that's why humor is so important too. Cause when we, when you really honestly look at the things we've allowed ourselves to get upset by, it's just, you know, it's stop imagining. Like you say, it's just, it, we, and, and, and kudos to the monkey who transcended his own monkey mind in that, in that story. <laughs> Because, I mean, but that's what our egos are, is little monkey minds to say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to give up my, my drama because, you know, how would I identify with yeah, myself? Who, with, who, who, who would I be who without this I, problem? Yeah. yeah. Who would I be without my drama, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I know. Oh, my gosh. Laughter is so important, which is oh, another reason sure, sure. Um, I love doing these um podcast with you and everything and one of the comments I usually get Bruce quite often actually is that people will say oh yeah you guys just clear with the metaphysical message but you you keep it light you know <laughs> I get that comment all the time you know and I I know what they mean it's just um um maybe even for those that are new or for seasoned people and we all need need reminders for sure you know we're never laughing at the the world and people's people's circumstances that appear to be suffering but it's this inner smile and keeping it light like we didn't do at the beginning we took this tiny mad idea that we could be separate seriously we've remembered not to laugh and so we're laughing now that we think that this is our reality we know we are we're laughing at ourselves for thinking that we could make this up and actually be separate from God and be in pain and suffering. So people just love it that, you know, about keeping it light and everything like that. So it's really really important, isn't it? Because, because, you know, if, if our goal is, is a a peaceful mind and a joyous outlook on, on things, then, you know, we need to question um, what we've taught ourselves. Right. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, that's the whole point of um, the, the workbook, um, as I've been understanding it and, and reading Ken's commentary and, and journey through the workbook is um, my experience has been, yeah, undoing what we've been badly taught. You know, of course, yeah. the ego has taught us wrongly. We learned very well. But has it ever brought us the peace of God, the world? Has it ever, you know, the thing nah. of the world, you know? <laughs> nah. Not really. Right. So we're we're unlearning what the ego has badly taught us, you know, and um, the workbook's great for that. I'm doing it again, by the way. Um, I just felt like doing it, and I I love something to focus on. I'm very – I just take my time. I think you're supposed – technically the calendar year, you're on 200 and something. I'm on, like, one – 20 or something because I just do it at my own pace, you know, Um, but I I love to do it. And that's another thing that this wonderful question in the manual teacher, manual for teachers rather addresses, by the way, um, it does address like um, being confined to ritual, especially Mm -hmm. with something like the course. And we want to be careful not to make a false idol out of the course or that's playing right into the ego's hands, you know? And I always think of this when um, a client asked me the other day what, you know, what lesson I was on because I was helping her with another lesson, and I had said that, oh, I'm doing the workbook too. So she said, what lesson are you on? She said, oh, she goes, one, you don't keep up with the daily. And I said, oh, no. I said, I have nothing, there's no problem with people that can keep up with doing one a day every day. I said, I've never done it that way. I said, because I just don't do the five minutes, every five minutes, or I don't do the, I said, but this is a part of it. Remember, you don't want to be guilty for that. And as Ken always says, you know, a good course student is a bad course student who forgives him or herself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think think the point, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one more thing. I ne- I never look at it as I have to be at a certain place or whatever. Uh, the first right. time I ever did the workbook in 2004, it, I did it in a year and four months. I mean, I just remember that. I just was doing it at my own thing. And so we want to make sure that we don't get into the addiction of ritual or <laughs> not doing something right. The ego's sure. tricky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that the point that's made not only in this this section of the manual, but also throughout the course, is that that the idea is is not to learn uh, a, a dogmatic f- formula for for you know behavior or for you know uh, practicing on the level of form. It's really to to develop uh, a thought, you know, or an identification with a thought system that was, was has been dormant for who knows how long. Um, and, and to identify with that, but to, to have a discipline, not in any kind of a, a punitive or a, you know, demeaning or, or harsh kind of sense, but to recognize that the real freedom that we want really does involve a gentle vigilance, a, a, a thoughtful discipline that is based on the, the, an overwhelming and all-encompassing desire for peace and uh, you know, I'm kind of remembering a, a line in Richard Bach's um, 
uh, one of his books. I'm not sure if it was, it was oh. Illusions or, or, but it was one, one of those books. And and yeah. uh, I think it, I think it might have been Illusions actually, The Adventures of the Reluctant Messiah, and where he mm-hmm. uh, his I think it's Don Shimoda who asks him, you know, um, you know, you know, I know they're they're tr- they're trying, you know, cloud. I think it was where they're where they're uh, vaporizing clouds and. Uh, and uh, or, or walking through walls, or you know, some some <laughs> crazy thing like that. And uh, right. And then and so Richard asked Don Shmuel, "How do you do that? You make it look so easy." And 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 he said, "Well, just you know, practice." And and uh, and then and then uh, so Don Shmuel turns around and says, "Well, how how difficult was it for you to learn to fly?" And he said, "Well, nothing else mattered." And and then he said, well, and then his response was, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. and, if, and if you if you really if you if you really look at the things in your life that you know, and anyone can can say this, you know, if you really look back at the things that you were just you know blindly, madly passionate about, and totally enthralled with those, and you know, to the point of obsession, and obviously that's not necessarily a that always a positive thing, but but if we could be have that level of dedication. To wanting peace, um, you know, we'd learn the course in a minute. But because we're ambivalent, because we still want the ego's cake, and and, and somehow eat it too, uh, you know, we want it to somehow work, even though we know it's not going to. Um, you know, we're conflicted, and, and it's it's really by looking at that conflict, and and you know, eventually, slowly but surely, giving it up, and uh, in favor of. Um, the joyousness. I, I was actually um, a few moments ago remembering a quote, and I, I searched in the course for that quote and realized it was on the, the very section that we were t- talking about. It's in paragraph six in the manual. Oh my gosh! Okay. Can, can I can I read that uh, first few paragraph please, sentences? Please yeah. do. Please do. And, and it was it was about the thought of pure joy. It says there's one thought in particular that should be remembered throughout the day. It is a thought of pure joy, a thought of peace, mm-hmm. a thought of limitless release, limitless because all things are freed within it. You think you made a place of safety for yourself. You think you made a power that can save you from all the fearful things you see in dreams. It is not so. Your safety lies not there. What you give up is merely the illusion of protecting illusions. And it is this you fear, and only this. How foolish to be so afraid of nothing. Nothing at all. Your defenses will not work, but you're not in danger. You have no need of them. Recognize this and they will disappear. And only then will you accept your real protection. And our real protection is really that immunity uh, from uh, upset that comes by seeing the setup in our mind and choosing against the ego's sabotage, choosing against that setup. Oh, my gosh. Two things. Number one, I love it that you read that. Number two, I marked that also. We're always in sync. I marked that, that I wanted to read the quote <laughs> that you just read because it's so powerful. There's one thought in particular that should be remembered throughout the day. It is a thought of pure joy. And you know what? It's inner joy no matter mm-hmm. what's happening. And it's when you're in the Holy Spirit mind, that's what you feel because yeah. there are no projections of guilt onto anything, right? right? We don't feel that we're going to be attacked. We're not trying to find this maladaptive solution to a non-existent problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? 
we're just kind of staying in the in the right mind and letting that direct all our functioning. The body's going to move. It's going to do things in the dream. But which teacher is it following? And that's going to dictate your experience, right, inner experience. Exactly, exactly. It's always, it simplifies down through all the complexity the ego would have us be distracted by to just a simple, you know, binary choice between the thought system of sanity, of, of recognizing that the belief in separation is unfounded, um, or instead the craziness of believing that it did happen and that the things in the world uh, are, you know, forcing us to, to uh, think or not think certain things, which then becomes, you know, our peace of mind or lack thereof. And uh, if we're at the mercy of the world, then we're not capable of being merciful to it. So it's one or the other. We, you know, we, we, we either choose the thought system of, of kindness or of cruelty. And, and uh, that's, what we're asked to look at throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're never deprived of any forgiveness opportunities. You know, after you read the part, Bruce, um, in paragraph six, where it says, how foolish to be afraid of nothing, mm-hmm. nothing at all. And right. commentary under that is Jesus means this literally. We fear the ego, the body, the world. Yet what we really feel is a maladaptive solution to a non-existent problem, the Mm -hmm. illusion of protecting illusions. To be afraid of nothing is not wicked, evil, or sinful, just silly. I love that. Isn't that? I knew you would. That's one of my favorite phrases. Yeah, I think he's mentioned it more than a few times because it – through repetition of reading his work and listening over the years, it's, it's sunk in, and it's like, that's such a helpful phrase, isn't it? Isn't that so helpful? I, he goes on to say, the world is based on this fear of nothing, and every war that has been or will be fought, every argument we engage in, each special relationship we form, indeed, every person born into this world has arisen from this groundless fear, and remember this fear isn't real because the separation never happened. Thus, we seek the body's nothingness to protect us from the mind's nothingness of sin, guilt, and fear. Isn't that powerful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. And you know, interestingly enough, in the margins, when I read this last, uh, it must have been about seven, coming up on seven years ago, because I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken's name, and uh, I, I looked up when he was born and when he passed, which is December 27th, 2013. So, so to, to me, it's like what a stunning example of, of someone who recognized that his own body was was part of that illusion. And right okay. up to the end, he he demonstrated that that uh, having a body or not having a body is is a non-existent problem. <laughs> and and his That's right. the, the legacy of his teaching continues on and it really had it never did have anything to do with the body just as none neither of no. us or nor anyone listening really has ever been in a body except in a dream and that's that's a really right. challenging concept and it's, it's probably you know if, if someone's studying the course for the you know or hearing about the course for the first time it's like what but but if you i think if we can just consider that um our thoughts about ourselves and each other determine 
our, our state of mind moment to moment to moment. And we, I think it doesn't take too much you know, introspection to recognize the validity of that idea. Uh, and, then, and then if you keep you know, extending and extrapolating, you realize, well, if everything ultimately is a mental construct, then um, what modern physics has been telling us right along is that, you know, the world is not as we think it is. I mean, th th we think we we exist in a material world as a material, you know, collection of particles and and you know corpuscles and cells and tissues and organs and and you know systems and whatnot. But but it's but you know yeah we've got this elaborate you know vocabulary to describe these these. Um, you know, need machines, as of course, but some, or meat puppets, I've heard them called, or uh, you know, engines of destruction. There's a lot of different phrases in the course that aren't necessarily complimentary, but I think they're 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 not meant they're not meant to to you know make us feel evil, sinful, or wicked. They're just help to help us recognize that to identify with some this ephemeral, this changing is just silly, and I think ultimately the idea that what we are is is a mind and we're, we all share the same mind and truth. We, we, all, we also share the same ego mind um, temporarily in, in a dream. But what we're really working our way back to is to share that same awareness of true innocence that doesn't leave anyone out. Um, and often the mechanism, and again, I think a very important practice throughout the day um, is the, the discipline of noticing any little grievance, any little thought of sacrifice or upset or, or um, you know, in, any, any annoyance or <laughs> perturbation to our peace becomes an opportunity um, to, to really, uh, you know, do a mid-course correction. In the same way that a plane flying across uh, the country, you know, once it, once you see your one degree off course, you just, you know, vector back into where you get back on course and where the needles line up. You know, if you're on an old analog system, or if the, once the digital readout says, <laughs> you know, you're locked back on, uh, on tra on track, then, and we can we can, we th we think we might be horribly off course in the world. And I think that's the the terror of the ego thinking that those like oh, there's no way out. But yet throughout the day, there's always at every moment an opportunity to return to that peaceful thought um, by asking that part of our mind for that help that's always there, always available. Right? Absolutely, so so well said, and it it reminds me of something that again, comes up an awful lot. And I, I guess I say this an awful lot. Oh, this comes up, a, but I see a lot of clients and, and do a lot of shows and stuff like that and get a lot of emails. So it, I, I try to, I know when one or two or three or four people are questioning something, everyone's questioning, you know, it, it's helpful to, to everyone. Mm -hmm. We all have mm -hmm. the same questions. So I, I, I try to, to share them. And something that, that comes up a lot is the, it, it feels um, unkind to think of the, the world um, as an illusion. And what I was explaining was that this is, that's an ego, you're in the ego mind, right? When you're thinking it seems unkind. So remember that everyone listening, this is a, a course in how you're thinking and you've made these images that you see. 
So when you're recognizing the miracle, which is you're the dreamer, when you know that this world is an illusion and it doesn't have an effect on you, it's not out of coming from the right mind. It's not because of denial or insensitivity. It's because your mind is now recognizing where the images are coming from, from you. See, does everyone get that? I think it's such a common question. And from the perspective of the body, we do, oh, it's, oh, you just called it an illusion. Well, it's not a metaphysical sweep of the hand. Oh, it's just an illusion. It doesn't matter. No, that's not what the Course is talking about. When you're in the right mind, you recognize it's an illusion because that part of your mind reminds you where the images you're seeing, where the world is coming from. Mm-hmm. So it's not at all that you're insensitive to people or that you're in denial. And Jesus always talks about the proper use of denial is denying the denial of truth. The ego has already denied truth. So we deny the ego's thought system while we're here in favor of the Holy Spirit's thought system. And I thought I felt compelled to kind of put that out there if I remembered it today, which it kind of whatever you said triggered it. Um, But I think that's really important because it isn't unhealthy to remember in your mind that this world is an illusion. Right. When we're in, in the right mind, we remember that because we know these are just images. It has nothing to do with denial or insensitivity. Okay? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and, and, and along those lines, I think um, one of the things that, and, and Ken emphasized this, I think, more and more in, in the last uh, few years of his teachings, um, on the level of form, <laughs> that, uh, yep. you know, the importance of kindness and how kindness really uh, is yeah. is something that, that um, transcends the behavior. And, and oftentimes, you know, ironically, when, when we truly see that what happens or doesn't happen in the world can't possibly um, damage or harm or contaminate the innocence that we all are and have and share, um, that then gives us the greater freedom uh, and flexibility. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the more we align with that idea, the, the more we are guided to say the things that are the kind things and that, that you know, help put people's minds at ease when, for example, like attending a funeral, for example, or, or you know, right. uh, you know, learning about someone's, you know, medical condition uh, that sounds very serious, you know, that just came up the other day for me, um, you know, things like that. Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that we, we say, oh, well, gee, you know, that's an illusion, not to worry. It just means that now oh. we're able to respond oh. in, in a way that's, that's, that's truly compassionate and, you know, lets you know that, you know, been been there with you and even though the form may be different you know we we can we can understand what someone might be going through because we know um from personal experience how challenging you know the ego can be in terms of its its stranglehold on uh the thoughts uh that we you know entertain but we i think the more we practice it the more we realize we can be kind of do chew gum and walk on walk we can be kind while remembering that uh you know anything involving space and time and specific persons and things is ultimately um a misunderstanding or illusory you know it's it's not that the the data is is wrong or 
you know, evil, sinful, or wicked, <laughs> as they can that that, that uh, yeah. quote is. It's it's just it's just silly to think that that's our real identity. Yeah. 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 And you're right. It's well said. These points because um, when you're in the your right mind, you're right minded, the Holy Spirit mind, you you'll automatically it will dictate your functioning. You won't even have to decide what to say to person A versus person B versus person. Mm-hmm. Um, I have clients that are course clients, and I speak the the way they they understand it. They want to talk about the course and deal with things through that. I have clients that are you know advanced in their own right as far as they 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 don't practice the course, but they practice Buddhism and they want to talk about their past lives, and it helps them to know that this is not the beginning and the end that, you know, we keep dreaming that we go on and on. Then I have clients that have nothing to do with metaphysics this time around, and I'm helping them with their relationships or their career choices, giving them the ear and um, helping them on the level where they are. I know in my mind Practicing the course is I know they're a part of my projection. I know there's not really any therapist and and client. So the point about when you're in your right mind, like you were saying about the funeral and everything, there would be no reason to tell someone that a funeral isn't real. That would only be coming from the ego. Mm -hmm. Your right mind would give that person a hug. You say you're sorry for their lost, maybe you're sitting silently with them, maybe you're going to their house afterwards for the thing. The body's doing normal things, you know. It's the mm-hmm. beauty and the simplicity of being in the right mind. The you is as a body's taken out of it. You don't have to decide what any of the responses are. It'll just come right through you. Kindness will take the form that's appropriate which within any situation. And think about it, Bruce, and everybody listening. We're all in so many different situations. I mean, you have people that you talk to the course about. We mm-hmm. organize people that we talk about ETs about with. We have people that we talk about whatever. When people just are just kind of where they are, and you're kind of just um, um, being in that energy with them all the time, all the while in the mind. I know that I'm just doing all this, and this is all a part of my dream. So there's no in, investment in, uh, I don't even know what you do, like being right or having to tell people how things are. You know, it's that punch is gone, so to speak, you know. Um, so it's just yeah. different. It's just different, you know. <laughs> Hey, Bruce, we just have a couple minutes. I always want to ask you um, if you have anything that you want to announce or anything you want to share. Well, you know, I do, actually. I, I, I always like to help uh, uh, you know, people at diff- with what I share on ACIMblog.com. Uh, however, I, yeah. I did, I did um, find uh, a related quote that uh, probably take a couple of minutes to, to read. Uh, it's just a, the short, a short paragraph, the first paragraph in Chapter 15 in the text. Uh, okay, if I read that, it, yeah, I think it, re- relates, it relates beautifully to um, you know how we spend our time, and this is the section one of the holy chapter of the holy instant, the two uses of time, and yeah, this this is actually makes a good meditation. So if anybody wants, to, if you're not if you're not driving or operating heavy equipment, <laughs> you might want to close your eyes and just and just just kind of 
relax back and, and then ask yourself, can you imagine what it means to have no cares, no worries, no anxieties, but merely to be perfectly calm and quiet all the time? Yet that is what time is for, to learn just that and nothing more. God's teacher cannot be satisfied with his teaching until it constitutes all your learning. He has not fulfilled his teaching function until you have become such a consistent learner that you learn only of him. When this has happened, you will no longer need a teacher or time in which to learn. Anyway, I just thought particularly the first sentence there is just, just, you know, consider what it might be like. <laughs> Which you know is kind what? of the, I, the corollary to, I, to the, the two monkey story, right? You know? But can you imagine? Can you have, imagine? <laughs> being being on a, 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 an adventure where there are no dangers, sharks, <laughs> capsizing boats or whatever, or any other kind of concern, right? No. Exactly. I closed my eyes during that, as you suggested. That was wonderful. Yeah, that brings me just just keeps me in that that right minded perspective. I just really felt the dream, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing a podcast right now with my friend Bruce. I mean, I kind of snapped back into it. You know, <laughs> like oh yeah, here, here's what the body of Jackie's doing right now. She's doing this. You know, oh, it's just oh, it's such a trip. It was so fun. Well, oh my gosh, this has just been great. And thank you, my friend, for, for oh, likewise. Up at, at the beginning, <laughs> taking over that. This is what happens, folks. This is live in real time. Yeah. So, But I, I totally appreciate it. And as Bruce mentioned, if oh, you guys so uh, go to ACIMblog.com, obviously, you know, he has a wealth of information. He does great interviews himself, conversations with, with a, a ton of great people. So, Bruce, I'm going to call you at some point just off the air. I just wanted to ask you a few things, and uh, we can chat. And I'm not sure about changing this format. I'll announce that to everybody, too. I'm going to decide about blog talk radio. So it's one of those things that um, I may change a platform. So we'll see. You guys got to stay tuned. Make sure you uh, subscribe. You can go to Jackie.news and subscribe to my email list. I also have online monthly online classes for subscribers, and we just go deep into the teachings, um, Q&A, chat, uh, questions, and lecture. It's real fun. So that's information's all at Jackie.news. And um, Bruce, so fun. Always the greatest. Likewise. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm going to talk to you soon, Bruce. Okie dokie. Be well, everyone. Blessings. Likewise.